your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, uh, thank you all so much for making the Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen of today of the day. Excuse me. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, library prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Uh, we have a very special guest joining the show today. I don't think we've had this particular person on the show in, I want to say, four to five months, but Jesse Marshall of The Athletic, uh, an old friend um, of the podcast, he's come on countless times, but I'm glad that we can do a full Penguin season preview with him now. Uh, how was your offseason first off, Jesse? It was good, man. Um, you know, watch some soccer, living the dad life over here, you know, so we're, uh, mm-hmm. trying out different foods, had some, so had is some... she, is she ready to partake in her first 82 game season? Yes. Way <laughs> too little, uh, and you know, first of all, the playoffs, you know, the Penguins weren't in the playoffs for very long, right? So yeah. she didn't have a long opportunity and she was only like weeks old, like three weeks old when they were in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So she had no idea what's going on. She could only see like eight inches in front of her face. Now she like will watch TV. Like yesterday, we like watched the Steeler game. She has no idea what's going on. She's only six months old, but she'll at least like react to like the colors and stuff. So we'll see how the brightness of hockey goes. Actually, to be frank, Hunter, it's mm-hmm. way past her bedtime. She probably won't even be up for the game tomorrow. Uh, but we're gonna get an afternoon one and sooner or later. Yeah, th- those will come up um, in just a couple of months, especially you know in December and January when those will be on TNT and ESPN. Um, you know. Hopefully, we, we, the Penguins do have a long Stanley Cup run. Since you know, if I if I'm correct here, she'll be over a year, so she'll she'll definitely have more of a sense of what's going on uh, with a deep playoff run, especially you know in your household. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we're we got the swag already to go for tomorrow, though, so we're at least going to look the part, even if we can't stay up for the game. Make sure we're dressed for uh for for success. That's the best part right there. You know the Pittsburgh Penguins. They will be in Tampa Bay to take on the two-time defending champions. Uh, this is a matchup. You know I I love seeing Jesse just because it's you know the former back-to-back champions going up against the new back-to-back champions. I love how the NHL did the schedule like that. I wanted to get your thoughts on that matchup before we do get into a full preview here. Um, this kind of screams like a game that Mike Sullivan. It's just a peak Sullivan performance where we know the team can win despite them being so shorthanded because they'll play that system where it's very defensive, it's boring. You know, maybe not like the Devils or you know how Barry Trotz coaches his Islanders, but uh, Tampa Bay is going to have to be careful with how they play against the Penguins just because um, I think they're going to sit back a bit. They're not going to take as many chances, especially because the two-headed monster, you know, Jake Gensel's out, Zach Aston Reese is not going to play. Um, so, um, just wanted to get your thoughts on that matchup and how, how, where's the path to victory in your mind for the Penguins tomorrow or today, Uh, excuse me, not tomorrow, today. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you'd certainly love for it to be like a full strength, you know, kickoff to the season, obviously. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that what you can do is, you know, quote unquote, sit back. Mm Mm-hmm. Tampa will eat you alive. You know, if you provide them with sort of like the, the free pass to get into your zone, you know, more often than not, they're going to turn that into fruitful, um, fruitful attack on her. So I think what you have to do is try to dictate the pace, take the crowd out of it, get some long cycles going in the offensive zone, you know, just keep the puck out of your end um, and, and, you know, put your work boots on mm. and slog this thing out for 60 just make it as ugly as you possibly can. I don't mean ugly, like physical and, you know, whatever, but you know how the Penguins can get with their four check hunter when yeah. they get going and they're rolling lines and, and everybody's up top of the ice and they're really haunting you, making life difficult on your defense. You have to do that to these talented Tampa defensemen. You can't let them have the time and space. It's like letting a quarterback sit in the pocket with no pressure. to let you pick, picking you apart. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. So I, I think the Penguins will be aggressive but a smart aggressive, like a focused aggressive, um, a system aggressive. 
you always get the sense, Hunter, like this is like where Mike Sullivan gets the best out of his team. Yeah. You know, like he really does know how to make these, these trains go when you have players out of the lineup. Um, so you feel like they're in good hands, right? I think the question is, is just that it's a big talent gap tomorrow. Right. Uh, and I think it's going to be a loud building for obvious reasons. The emotions will be running high. Um, you know, win the opening face off and dump it, <laughs> just set the tempo that way <laughs> and just keep doing it over and over again. And I think that's, that's to me, the path to success for both these games. Cause let me be clear. I think Florida is one of the better teams in the league this year. I think they will be one of the better teams in the league this year. They're very talented. You're going to have to play the, the same way in both games. I think this, this is going to dictate uh, sort of the same behaviors for, for both of these uh, performances. You honestly couldn't pick two worst teams to open up the season against, especially when you're so shorthanded as the Penguins are in the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers just because they were both so good last year and they're both going to be really good again this year. So um, I definitely agree with you, you know, with Mike Sullivan. This, these two games, until Sid likely comes back during the weekend, they scream like at least a 1-1 split just because Mike Sullivan knows what he's doing um, when he can coach shorthanded and to just dumb the game down a little bit. It, it, it honestly, it feels like it's going to be a 2-1 claw for you know Tampa Bay or you know if Pittsburgh is able to claw out a win there with 2-1. Um, that is what I'm seeing right now. I don't feel like you're going to see a lot of goals torn. If I were you know making a bet or something, I would probably take the under, um, even though you know there's a lot of questions with Tristan Jari, which we'll get to in a second. But... I just, you know, with the way the Penguins defensemen play down the stretch, especially, I know there is a big talent gap with this matchup. Um, I just, I don't know how much space there's going to be for a lot of the Tampa shooters on the ice. And I feel like it's going to be a lot closer of a matchup than what some people are expecting. I mean, I could certainly see that, you know, I mean, I think that... uh, Now watch them go lose (laughs) 6-2. Well, no, I mean... That's really the key, is I, mean, I think there's two pieces to this. The first one is you can't give them free any free minutes on the power play, yeah. right? Um, you've got to be disciplined. I mean, I don't care how good your penalty kill is, you know that that power play is disgusting out there. It's sickening. Uh, there, it's really what the Penguins' power play should look like all the time. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> really. Is. And I think in in goal hunter, it's probably really the same. I think the goal and the the way they want to go about their business is similar. They're just so good at executing it because of the puck movers they got in that lineup. So for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like steering my eyes to that special teams, you know, battle first and foremost. And, and it goes back to what I said at the, at the onset of the conversation, Hunter, if you, if you get that puck deep and you make them work for it, you frustrate them, you get those power play opportunities. You now have the opportunity to go in there and shut that building up and get an early goal and yeah. silence the place with the main advantage. And it's just, it all comes together. You know, I just, um, you know, you don't want to get into that fire wagon with this team. You know, it's not the night to do it. That You could do that later when you have the full complement of your forwards uh, available to you. Then get into the fire wagon, tear it down, burn it down, do whatever you want to do. Uh, but this is one that's more for me is a little bit more disciplined, I think. Yeah, this is not the game you want to have a track meet with, especially with all the talent that Tampa Bay has. You know, your, your point on the power play, Hits home pretty well. I mean, they can put, you know, Victor Hedman out there, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, and whoever the heck else they want to just because um, it, it's it's a nasty unit. And, you know, it, it honestly just reminds me of what the Penguins did, you know, when Phil Kessel was there where they would try out, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, um, Gensel, and Phil. And it would just be, not be fair, I th- think, to most teams in the league, and I think they actually led the league um, in power play efficiency um, in at least one of those seasons. I want to say it was 2016-17 or 2017-18, and I think that's what you're going to see out of Tampa Bay this year as well. But, I mean, I'm just excited to watch watch it, man. You know, we finally get some regular season hockey for the first time um, in a few months. And, you know, before we do get to the commercial break here, um, it'll be broadcast on ESPN. Um, they, this will be their debut um, after 17 years of not having the NHL's uh, TV deal right, Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro will be on the call with Emily Kaplan inside the glass. Um, how excited are you for a fresh start um, with this TV deal and the other one they have with TNT? Because I feel like it's going to be much better 
just with the overall quality of the broadcast and just, you know, Ray Ferraro commentating a game is such a step up from someone like Pierre Maguire or... Oh, it's huge. I mean, Mike Milbury, yeah. Keith Jones, even on TNT. Um, I feel like this is going to grow the game in a way that we have not seen before. It's important for me, Hunter, because hockey, looking at the game right itself, yeah. and let's ignore officiating and you know the warts that come with that for a second. <laughs> um, it's it is probably in its best place. You know, I mean, look at the young talent that is oozing throughout this league, and um, the game's fast, right? Like it, it's it's high paced. The playoffs have been insane. Um, it's a good hockey. You know, it's a really it is a good product. I think. It's as good as a product as we've ever had. It could be better, right? We all, I think, would agree with that. I think if we officiated the game differently, if we allowed forwards the space to skate for pucks, that's really the big thing for me. You know, I know the league wants to focus on offici- or uh, cross-checking this year, which will last through, like, Christmas. You know, that's how it always works if we get that far. But um, what I'd really like to see them cut down on is, like, puck pursuit interference. Or if you have a loose puck race, don't allow the defenseman to, you know, face the forward and just simply take his path, you know, call that a penalty. That's interference. Yep. You know, let them make him skate, turn around and make them both get it. You know, it's much more exciting that way. Anyway, to your point, you know, if we can get a better quality out of the broadcast, out of the presentation, you know, I don't want to just retrospectively shit all over NBCSN, but some of those broadcasts absolutely suck. They were just painful. You know, we'd watch the same clip of the same innocuous check 15 times. <laughs> Here's a way, physicality this, physicality that, you know, like I expect better out of ESPN. I hope we get better out of it. And and we're at, a, we're at a point, and I said it on Twitter today, like where we really could see a huge influx of fans to this sport. Yeah. Uh, a huge influx of visibility into it. You know, hockey is like a commonplace conversation. Um Hockey fans have always wanted that. Don't complain about it now that it happens, right? Like, like we all need to check ourselves here. It could be a very different landscape. You know, even if you've only been a fan for seven, eight years, you may be a veteran, you know, after this year is over. Uh, you hope that happens. You hope the sport gets the visibility it deserves. It only betters everybody with the money and revenue perspectives and things of that nature. But I'm excited about it. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do and, um, you know, it's certainly nostalgic for me, like having grown up, you know, I think back to like when Ray Bork won the cup with the avalanche and Gary Thorne calling, you know, Steve, uh, uh, Levy and Bill Clement and the old crew, like, you know, it's like kind of how I was raised. So it's been a really long time, obviously. So, um, I think I'm looking forward to it just like everybody else's. Yeah, I mean, I was only just, you know, kindergarten, first grade when ESPN was finishing up their original deal with the NHL before it went to Versus, which of course, you know, was bought out by Outdoor Network. NBC. Yeah, jeez. I mean, <laughs> I was just w- way too young at the time, but you know, I'm sure once that theme music hits tonight, man, it is going to be um it's going to be awesome. I'm sure it's going to be all over Twitter, and I'm really excited to just, you know, see how um, the broadcasts are different than NBC, and with a network like ESPN, it will grow the game, um, honestly, like we've never seen before, at least in my opinion. But still have a lot more to get to for this episode of Locked On Penguins. Before we do get to that, though, um, BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus, though. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, today I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. 
So just, you know, I feel like a lot of people, um, either, you know, fans, you know, media, just a lot of stuff I've seen on Twitter or just, you know, other social medias, YouTube as well. People are sleeping on the Penguins this year, you know, saying, you know, this is the year that they're most vulnerable. The Metro is too competitive, but I kind of see the Metro as a division that has a lot of middling teams. And then there's a couple teams that you know are the contenders. And I think the Penguins fall closer into that edge than to the middling teams. I'm of the opinion that the Penguins will finish top three again. But as you look top to bottom on this roster, um, where do you see the team being at for most of this season? You know, it's tough for me to say this because like, I'm going to think back to last year. I thought that they were going to be like a four, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the final team in the division to yeah. get in uh, and they won it. Right. Um, I don't know that they're going to do that again. Um, I think there are a lot of people that are kind of like surprisingly bullish for Philadelphia on Philadelphia for me. Like I'm not, I'm not there on the flyers at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the Rangers took a weird deviation from their plan to specifically address Tom Wilson, Sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> which is weird, right? Like that's bizarre. Uh, never discount, you know, obviously a Barry Trotz team, although I don't think they care about being good in the regular season. You know, I think they just care about their process um, you know, the caps are going to be banged up. So the problems that the penguins are having, you know, in Washington, they're very real problems there too. Right. Mm. Um, no Nicholas Backstrom for a while. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, right? Like, I think the environment is such that they could conceivably comfortably maybe get in like just above a wild card spot. I think that's probably where my expectation for them is. Um, just sneaking in above a wild card position. That being said, again, right? Like they just won the division, and that's not something I think that's completely out of the realm of possibility for them. Yeah, I don't think it is either. I mean, Carolina, I, I like the Hurricanes. They're deep at forward. Their defense is still good despite Dougie Hamilton leaving, but their goaltending is a big question mark. The Islanders. They don't usually play well in the regular season, but as you said, I don't really think they give a damn about that just because they'll go into the playoffs and they'll play their asses off. And, you know, they've, you know, had been within one to two games of going to their first Stanley Cup final since the 80s on the last couple of years. So they don't really care about that. Um, Outside of that, though, I just don't really see any other team in the division that when healthy, you know, when the if the Penguins ever do get healthy this season, God willing, um, that can stand up to them. You know, maybe Washington can because they're on the kind of the same trajectory. But I really do have Pittsburgh as a top three team in this division. I think they will finish there um, towards the end. You know, obviously they got to get the good goaltending. Um, I wanted to ask your thoughts about that as well. Do you think Andy uh, Kyoto is going to be a big difference maker in both Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith's game, especially Jari, of course? You know, it's tough for me to say that. I mean, like, if you listen, like, Callie Klang, like, who I, you know, I'm a big fan of personally, yep. mm-hmm. has already been talking about Andy Kyoto overseas and saying that he stayed in contact with him and speaks very highly of him. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I also think honestly like my my gut says that the problems quote unquote that Tristan Jari has uh are deeper than anything Andy Kyoto can fix you know like that's that's um it's a mental thing to me you know if you look back at the mistake he made in that Islander series where he's got all day to make a pass yeah you know wide open on both sides of the ice he throws it right up the middle you know you don't need a goalie coach that's 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 like that's so elementary. Yeah. That Mike ba- you know Mike Bales went out there saying like throw it right up the middle, you know. So I guess my point is is that like I think personally for me, Hunter he's got to defeat this like himself, right? Like and I'm sure like from maybe a technique perspective there's things that can be honed, mm-hmm. um, but this is more mental for me than it is anything. Yeah, and he's always someone that he's not going to say much. He's not going to really tell you how you're feeling or how he's feeling, excuse me, after a game. He just he keeps it cool, calm, and collected. And, you know, I, I guess that rubs some fans the wrong way. You know, I don't really have a problem with it either way, to, to be honest with you. You know, I, it's probably a weird thing to say after what you just said. But it definitely is um, 
a, a lot of it is mental. Um, some fans were freaking out, Jesse, that you know he didn't play well in the last preseason game. I'm always someone that I, I don't really care about the results of preseason games just because it's so different um, than the regular season. Let's see how he does for the first couple weeks of the season. If they're, if he's still struggling like he did against the Islanders, well, he probably won't be that bad again for the first couple of weeks. But if he is still struggling, um, then let's have that discussion and maybe Ron Hextall will have to go out and get a goalie. But I also think that Casey DeSmith is going to get more starts this season than some people realize because I thought he had a good preseason and you know he was at, at a lot of times last season the better goalie I thought than Tristan. Yeah, and we said this, Hunter, in our post mortem of the series. Like, if he had been available, you know, he, what do we? What's our conversation? You know, look like. You know, the Penguins get out of that first problem. The probably, you know, I mean, honestly, like statistically speaking, anyway, that probably would have been the case. Um, so it's it's vital. You know, it's vital. Uh, you hope, I think, that uh, Philip Lindbergh goes down to the American Hockey League and just tears it to shreds. You know, and in, in the interim. Uh, you know, he gives you a little ray of hope uh, as a third option, right? Um, yeah. But I still think, you know, this the landscape of the league, right? Every year changes by Halloween because of injury, right? What's priority for general managers today and what's no touch for general managers today rapidly changes mm-hmm. as their roster changes. So this goalie stuff might be cooled off now. That can just flip at the drop of a hat. It only takes one guy to go down for somebody to come knocking on the door and saying like, we need something. So I'm just saying there's uh, deals happen throughout the year. I don't think this is something that like Ron Hextall has just hung his hat up on and said like, we're fine. There's no need to really pursue this any further. No, there's clearly a need to pursue this further. Um, there, there's, there's tons of problems. I think that, that, you know, from a depth perspective, from an experience perspective, you know, not really knowing whether either of these guys could hold like a 65 game, 60 game, you know, rigor of a, of, of a grind there. It's, it's something he's definitely got his pulse on. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him make a jump if, if that's absolutely, you know, if that shows itself at a very early point. Yeah. I've been talking about that on, on my show, you know, the last you know week and a half to two weeks, you know, if, if both of these goalies or, you know, at least one of them um, is struggling by Thanksgiving, Close to Christmas, you you better believe that Hextall, you know, obviously because he was a goalie himself, will be on the phone with at least one team. You know, I, I look at the Dallas Stars. That's gonna be an interesting situation down there, just because when is Ben Bishop coming back? They have Anton Kudobin, they have Braden Holpe, and they have that other kid. Um, I'm just blanking on his name right now, who is probably going to be getting some starts this season. I think he's on an ELC. Um, is it Ottinger? I yeah, think, Joel Ottinger. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ottinger. Yep, he's potentially going to be really good. So they have an interesting situation there. I'm sure there will be other situations that would come up as well from other teams. So I think he'll definitely keep a close eye on it. You know, I know a lot of people were upset during the off season that they didn't address it, but you know, Jesse, look what Darcy Kemper went for first round pick and Connor Timmons. I mean, that's a price that Pittsburgh would not be able to pay. Well, that was true in free agency too. And right. Like there's no way. Yeah. That the, and the Penguins had interest in, I think, a lot of those guys, but there was absolutely no way that they were fitting them under the cap. It just wasn't going to happen. Even Linus Olmark, I mean, he got, yeah. he got like $6 million per. And, you know, I, I liked him as an option to replace Tristan Jari, but you're giving that guy $6 million. I mean, I'd rather just roll the dice on Tristan again and see if he can bounce back. I think that's just way yeah. too much money for someone who had kind of the same results as Tristan last season in terms of, you know, save percentage. Um, gold save above expected. It was, I think it leaned towards uh, Linus Olmark a little bit, but I mean, just in terms of, you know, save percentage and, you know, goals against average and other goalie stats, um, it was pretty neck and neck, I would say. Um, last thing here before we do get to another commercial break, Jesse, um, it looks like when I look at the line combinations and the defensive pairings, I'm talking about this a lot lately as well. I want to get your thoughts on this. They've been trying out the Mike Matheson, John Marino pairing, which, was an utter disaster last season, I thought. I think their uh, shot attempts well, for Corsi, you know, 45%. Uh, expected goals, I think, was around 42%. Um, I think the expected goals against was, like, close to three, if I, if I want to recall correctly. Um, do you agree with Mike Sullivan about giving this pair another go? Because I, I just don't see how this pair is going to work. 
Now, and a lot of people have pointed out uh, – well, first of all, let me, let me say this. I don't think Chad Ruedel specifically needs to be like quote-unquote babysat. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to put a better partner down there with him. And I say better partner. What I mean by that, Hunter, is like I think Marcus Pedersen's better defensively. We would all agree with that, right? Like yeah, that's yeah. not a, a hot take. Uh, you don't need to put a guy like that with Chad Ruedel. And Chad Ruedel has proven pick a year and look at his performance. He's proven he'll just take those minutes. Really, like regardless of who's on the other side, he'll take those minutes and give you a good result, a livable result. You have to, you have to, you know, again, babysit the deployment a little bit and be reasonable with it, but good results. So I don't see a need for this, right? Like I, I think you know, Ruido is going to do a job regardless of who you put there. Um, I think for me, you know, you you struck not gold with the Pedersen Marino pairing, but. Uh, You've got. I think that pairing allows John Marino to blossom into like that yeah. Paul Martin role, Hunter. Like, like that's what I think his peak is. I think that's where he's at. That's where his his ceiling is. So I don't want to put him with Mike Matheson because you've two of the. It's 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 you know you're two of the same player here, right? Like, I don't. You know, let's split this up a little bit. You know, I think spread the love a little bit from the puck movement perspective. It just to me is 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 sort of redundant, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean they're two similar players that I just don't think mesh well together because you know Matheson's that total chaos player, right? You know, he, you know you, you know what you're gonna get with him when he carries the puck up the ice, but you also know he's not good in the defense zone. But you also have John Marino, who is a great puck mover as well. So I just don't see how they complement each other. You know, I don't think Mike Matheson would have to baby Chad Ruedel. And I am glad that Ruedel is winning that number six job. I think he is a better defenseman than Mark Freeman. You know, you look at, you know, the expected goals against when he's on the ice compared to Freeman. Um, I think that's, I want to say 0.4 or 0.45 better um, than what I saw. I think it was, it was on Micah Blake McCurdy's um, Hockey Viz. Um, I wrote a, yeah. when I wrote an article earlier in the offseason. So I'm glad about that. But, you know, I just think Matheson and Rowito would work better together because I, I agree with you. I mean, I have to say this before you move on. Yeah. Do you know what, do you know where Mark Friedman has the leg up? Pretty sure it's expected goals. No, not even, I'm talking intangibles. Oh, the, per, the perceived physicality. Yeah. Which, which has really done nothing but get him into trouble, right? Like last game, probably being a prime example of that. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I think that in their kind of ongoing search for, you know, more of a physical presence, um, for better or worse, you know, he, he provides it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not know where you were going with that. So I apologize. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. On that, yeah. It's not even a statistical thing. I mean, I think it's just a, a want for them, you know, um, we know the, the Burke and, you know, the Burke, the outlook on that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that it's for them that is a really big piece is that he can he'll throw if he has to uh and I mean he look at look at the, some of the hits he's I mean he's you know certainly not afraid of towing the line you know <laughs> yeah as long as he doesn't do like that stupid spearing play that he had on uh, against Columbus in that last preseason game um he should be fine though um it is pretty weird every time he plays the Flyers that they're just taking runs at him so I don't know what he did to yeah. someone like some flyers like players Rub wife or something like there, that. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but um still I am glad to see that Rubido won the job because I think he is he is better than him. And again, you know, going back to what I was saying as well, Matheson and Ruido would just work it would be like two peas in a pod because again, Matheson can be your puck mover up the ice and then Ruido can kind of just be that defensive stalwart in his defensive zone. That's what I would do at least with the pairings, you know, let Doom and Latang go out against the top competition. Um, but obviously, you know, Mike Sullivan is trying something a little different, seeing if they can, you know, put some magic beans into that Matheson Marino pairing um, and hope it sticks. So I'm curious to see where that goes. If you have any more thoughts on that, you can just share the now before we go to commercial break. I agree with you. That's it. That's my final thought. <laughs> there, there we go. Um, have a lot more to get to. For this episode of Locked On Penguins, uh, before we do get to that though, why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably below for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new car. But you can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution 
to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in your how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing collection, right below prices, all the parts a car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, Jesse, the Penguins didn't do too much this offseason. That's a typical Ron Hextall, you know, summer, though. Just, you know, doesn't like to make a lot of moves. But, you know, I think that's exactly what this team needed. They didn't need to blow it up. I kind of sometimes I sit back when, when I'm not really thinking about anything and I just think about what Jim Rutherford would have done if he were still the GM of this team this summer. And I don't think it would have been good. Um, let's say that, but bringing two new faces, Brock McGinn and Danton Heinen. I, I want to say I'm more intrigued by Heinen. One of my bold predictions, man, is he's going to be back to the player that he once was with Boston, where he was about a half a point per game player. And he was, you know, shooting the puck a lot more, being more involved with the play. You know, he was playing with David Krejcik on a nightly basis. Um, what are you hoping to see from Danton Heinen this season? You know, I think the thing that if you go back and watch the tape from that time period where he really was playing the best hockey of his career, he leaned on some pretty sneaky hands. Um, and I, I think uh, overall, um, it shocked me how adept he was at making smart, savvy plays with the puck in tight spaces. Um you know, great physical presence for the net, certainly, you know, that that's obviously a big piece. Um, but I, I think overall, um, there's a lot of creativity there. They like almost feel like an untapped creativity that could thrive in a system like the Penguins. So it's the quick decision-making. Um, he's going to be able to, to get up ice quickly and, and make an impact on the fork check. Um, you know, maybe unassuming in some other areas, right? Like it doesn't pop, I think, um, other than the times you say like, wow, where did those hands come from? Yeah. But really, I think he's a good fit overall. I do really think uh, that he that he's a good fit um, for the system, especially. And the potential, I think, again, just because of some of the talent he's shown with what he could do with the puck on his stick, uh, the potential to, to really, I think, surprise some people uh, in, a, in a top six role surrounded by other talent. I mean, you mentioned the Krejci piece right there. I mean, that's perfect. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. one of those players that I think is better, you know, not to say he's a leech by any stretch of the imagination, but when you put him with other talented players that can think more like he can, right? Uh, that's where things really start to click. Yeah, and Heinen is a player you can play him all over the lineup. Um, I will be curious to see when Evgeny Malkin comes back if Mike Sullivan tries him up there uh, with Kasperi Kapan. You know, he, he always likes his lines kind of in duos. You know, Gensel Crosby, Malkin, Kapanen, um Aston Reese Bluger, and then, you know, whoever else on the fourth line this year. There's not really a duo uh, down there just yet. But, um, and then he just adds just that that third player to that line to form the trio. Um, and I'm curious to see if that sticks. Um, and then maybe they move Zucker down or move Zucker up, you know, with, I don't know, Brian Rust may have something to say about that as well. There's going to be a lot of interesting combinations that Mike Sullivan can try. And a lot of it does have to do with how good Heinen can be this season. I've seen, you know, takes so, that he could be, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, to your point, Hunter, that's like the, the other sort of quote unquote benefit to him is he can play on either side. Yeah. So, you know, that there's a versatility there that I think, you know, ultimately, um, you know, gives him the opportunity to, um, you know, I, I think be more of a utility player than maybe initially thought. Yeah, exactly. You know, one, one funny story I, ha- I have for you. One of my buddies has a bet with me right now that um, if he scores 10 or more goals, he gets me a free order of this place in Ohio called Cockeye Barbecue. I took that in a heartbeat because I think he's going to score way more than 10 goals for this team this year. I think that signing is, is, has the potential to be one of the biggest steals of the offseason, and not a lot of people are talking about it, but... Um, you know, Here's the thing, man. Like yeah. I've never been to Cockeye Barbecue, but it's got to be good based on the name. Yeah, from what he has always told me, and has the pictures of it, you know, with one of his other buddies, um, it is. It looks top tier. So um, I took that in a heartbeat. Um, if I lose that, you know, I'm more than happy to pay it because I get I get Cockeye Barbecue. But yeah. um, he should still score at least ten, if not fifteen to sixteen. Um, another player, uh, Jesse, that I think should score a lot more this year as well is Jason Zucker. Um, one of my bold predictions that, you know, was on the Locked On NHL's um, total podcast, you know, that's, you know, where a couple of the hosts hosted a couple, a couple times a week to talk about the league, um, was, you know, Zucker having 25 this year. 
Um, I really f- firmly believe that. I think he can get back to the level that we saw in 2019-20. Last year, I mean, I mean, I don't have to tell you what you you saw because I think we saw the same thing, was not shooting in obvious sh- shooting situations, was coming down on odd man situations, was making the wrong, wrong play each time, his confidence was shot, just wasn't playing like the Jason Zucker that we saw the year before, and it definitely really affected his game. Um, what, what are your expectations for him this season? I, uh, I jokingly said on Dying Alive today that uh, I never in my life will bet against somebody who says they sucked. Mm-hmm. If they come out and say, like, I sucked, believe them and believe that they're coming back, you know, better, right? <laughs> yeah. like the key. So, um, you know, look, here's the thing. Like, I, what I'm focusing on personally is the, the peripheral t- to his game. You know, we know that, that he struggled in a lot of areas, Hunter, but I think when you really – sort of start to peel the onion back, so to speak. Um, you start to find that he really lacked in a couple areas, one zone entries. He wasn't carrying the puck in, uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, really, uh, reliably in any sense. Um, I think the other one was, you know, uh, just retrievals and going in and getting the puck and successfully walking away with it. Uh, another place where he really wasn't really seen at all. And that should be vital parts of his game, right? I mean, I think that was the bill of goods that we were sold on him, um, you know, when he arrived here. So, you know, you got to get back to that. And, and, and if you, if you were to say to me, Hey, here's a player, I don't care what his name is. Uh, it doesn't matter who they're not generating zone entries. They're not getting to the puck battle areas and winning it. Um, you know, they're not, they're not, getting to shooting areas reliably, I'm not going to be surprised that they're posting, you know, career lows in other areas. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, that, 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 that stands to reason, you know, given the circumstances. So, you know, for me, um, it's got to get, you got to get back to those basics, right? You got to get into the situation where, you know, you start to drive play off the little things. And, you know, a lot of people have said, and I, I think I agree with some of this, right. That, that there's an element to maybe gripping the stick a little bit too tight in his play, you know, things of that nature, possibly, you know, I think whatever the case may be though, whether it's shooting more, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, you know, I think we got to kind of get back to get back to some of that day one stuff. Yeah, because he he was so good when he came over from Minnesota. Twelve points in those fifteen games, he was rocking. I think an expected goals percentage of close to I think was right around fifty seven, fifty eight percent. Was one of a one of their best players in the return to play against Montreal, and then um, having a little bit of an awakening. I thought in the playoffs though, Jesse, he actually scored I think a goal or two against the Islanders. I think it was one of their best players um, in Game Six um, when they eventually lost to them. So hopefully that can carry over to this season and you know he's also a player can play on the top line can play with Evgeny Malkin can even play um on the third line so I'm curious to see where Mike Sullivan uses him this season um real quick though uh Kasperi Kalkinen uh Mike Sullivan has been really talking him up during training camp and the preseason saying that he can be an elite player in this league my only concern though man is that shooting percentage from last year 16%, 16%, I think, is what it was. He's a career 12 to 13% shooter. His underlying numbers were a bit down, but still, 30 points in 40 games. That's what a 71, 72 point pace over a full 82 game season. You know, I don't have to tell anyone that that is a very close to a point per game player. Um, are you expecting that kind of year from Kapanen again, or is the you know, or is the sky the limit for him at this point with with what we've seen from the preseason? Sky's the limit, man. He looks fit. <laughs> he looks fit. He looks fast. He looks, uh, you know, he's built like a brick shit house. You know, he really is like it just an absolute tank. And you saw it. I mean, look at some of the forechecking he did. You know, last year he was separating man from puck using the body. Um, I kind of expect more of that. I think um, that's kind of what we've gotten out of the preseason. He looks primed and ready to go. I think he looks like a player that's going to be more than willing to carry the load on his line and wants the puck. Um, you love to see that, right? I, I think that's, that's, you know, best case scenario. Um, so, you know, for me, um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him in action. I think, you know, especially with, we talked about how difficult this first slate of games is, you know, the tempo is going to suit him. The style I think will suit him. Um, you know, I, I, I'll serve the play to crow up to me, Hunter. Um, boy, was I wrong. I didn't think he had it. 
Um, actually, I wasn't really wrong because I didn't think he had it to play with Sidney Crosby. And, I, and that is true. They obviously see they won't even try them together at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that part I was right on, but I didn't think he would be as individually good as he is. And, and I think we're about to see uh, the extent of that. Yep. I mean – Playing with Evgeny Malkin when he comes back is sure going to be a sight for sore eyes. And um, just watching him in the preseason, Jesse, knife through guys left and right. I think that was just – he was out there just kicking ass and taking names. So um, yeah. if we see more of that in the regular season, um, he's going to get a payday from someone next summer, You know, whether it's the Penguins or – um, a different team, you know. Pro- it probably won't be the Penguins if he has close to a point per game season. He will price himself out of the Steel City. But I'm excited to watch him. Uh, real quickly, though, going to give you a couple rapid fire questions to end uh, the show. Uh, number one: Do the Penguins win a playoff round this year? Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. I think yes, I, I think I have them winning. At least one round, you know, I, I could see them winning two, but you know, there, there's that one. Um, so now some of these will be out the Penguins, some of them will not be about the Penguins. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. So going out west a little bit, do one of the Los Angeles Kings or the Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs? The Canucks. I have them as well. Um, I, my bold prediction, actually, I, I have Vancouver and LA getting in and Calgary missing. Quinn, so. Quinn Hughes is really good. He's fun. I, I like him. I like their top six. They got Garland from Arizona, if I remember mm-hmm. that. Very good. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, I know they have the corpse of Oliver Ekman Larson, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quinn Hughes can hey, still Hey, him. listen, if you're going to have a corpse, I'd rather have that one than Duncan Keith's. Yeah, that that it might be. I have a really good buddy who is a diehard Oilers fan, and he just keeps telling me how he hates the defense. I said, man um, – I feel for you because Clef Bomb's not there, and if he were there, he'd be at least be able to carry um, one pairing. Um, now, to the Metro a little bit, do one of the Rangers or Flyers make the playoffs to you? One of, yes. Yeah. See, I have both missing. Interesting. Be- because I have four from the Atlantic getting in, and I have four from the Metro getting in. Okay. Uh, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Florida, Pittsburgh, Washington, New York, Carolina are my eight teams from the East. So I could see that though. Now that you mentioned it, I just, I just, I don't trust Philly. Um, I think the Rangers. No, that's. Are, I mean, that's out for me. Yeah. Yeah, no a lot of people are thinking that the Flyers are going to be really good again this year, but I just don't really. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I, I really. I, I and like I would be. Form, here's the but, thing about this. This whole, uh, whatever you want to call it, Hunter. I don't know fervor about the Flyers is it's not even like it's something just solely based on Carter Hart. And I can understand it if it was driven, you know, almost entirely by goaltending, but it almost seems like they really believe in this team. Like this team is very good. And I'm like, you know, guys, like folks, what, like, what about Rasmus Ristolainen were we watching that was different? You know, like where are we at here? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. You know, I just think that there's, I have serious questions about that, that team. Um, I mean, to be fair, I have serious questions with the Penguins, but you know, for me, it's, uh, I know it's very bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I, I like some of their top guys, but you know, Ryan Ellis was a great acquisition, but you know, Rista Line and a couple other guys. And I, I don't really trust Elaine Vigneault either. So, yeah. um, and Neither then the- Robin Lehner. Yep, <laughs> yep. That that is true as well. The the Rangers, I, I like them. I think they're going in the right direction, though. They just paid a bunch of money for Barkley, Goudreau, and a bunch of sandpaper just because Tom Wilson uh, ragdolled or Timmy Panera, which you know was pretty bad. But you don't need to pay all this money to just try to headshot them, and then that doesn't really solve anything. Either. Right. Um, anyways, no. Now this one um, is Penguins related. If I can actually, oh here, I almost like lost it for a second. Um, do we get the rookie version of John Marino this season? Yes, I think so. I think we do. Um, yeah, go ahead. For me, you know, a large part of last year seemed to be, for me anyway, driven off of him just simply not playing on the right side of the ice. You know, um, there was a lot of – he didn't handle that well. Um, you know, th- there's – Again, like I go back to – it's almost a tale of two seasons, right? Because it started really poorly and then it got so much better as the year went on. 
and I think some of the same things I said about Jason Zucker almost applicable to John Marino, where like he started to kind of take control of the game, you know, zone entries, et cetera, et cetera. All these things kind of got better, right? Mm. Um, for me, I you know it's one of those situations where um, more of that I think you know that's what that's where it goes back to what I said about that Matheson pairing, right? Some of the what frustrates me about it a little bit is it kind of takes some of that control away, right? From um, um, from from Marino, and that, that's you know it's kind of stinks. So yeah, I, you know we'll see what happens, but um, for me anyway, that that's where I would bet in that direction if I was a betting man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they better hope so because this is the first year of that six year contract that he signed to with, with worth about what four point. I'll say four point four million with, with the potential to be a real a real bargain. You yeah. know, if if he gets back to that level, um, and that that you mentioned that it is a bargain deal for sure. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. They just have to make sure that he, he's playing at that level and not that what we saw last season. Because if they get that version of him, um, that that contract is starting to look a little um, like an overpayment. Um, just I think a couple others here. Um, do we see a call up that makes a difference on this team this year, <clears throat> like POJ? Um, yeah, that's one for sure. They got to find a way to get space for him because I don't think that they can play him on the on the wrong side of the ice. So that would be a mistake. Um, I don't think it, you know. I don't think he's necessarily equipped for that. Um, ah, Nathan Legere looks great, man. Looks really good. Slimmed down, more of a four checker. You know, I think that when he came into when he was drafted, Hunter, I, I would have pegged him to be a little bit more of like a James Neal, which is to say, I think that he was a, a touch one dimensional, um, you know, probably, um, you know, probably lacking in certain areas, you know, from an overall game perspective, but his shot was so good that, you know, it didn't, who cared, you know, it didn't really matter all that much. Um, you know, now I think there's elements that have rounded out. I think he fits the four checking sort of, um, theme that the penguins have right and, and sort of fits what they're trying to do on the whole um and i think you know uh, he's already scored down in the preseason in the american hockey league yeah. i certainly a player that you know has quite a bit of potential um i think to you know slot in specifically because of how well i think he's adapted to the way that this team's identity is playing out yeah my only question is just you know where is he at in the pecking order of call-ups right you know is he going to be Kind of well, sure. Yeah. Horna, I mean, or, you know, I saw it's 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 a thing for me where like the conversation for all these younger pups, um, you start to get into the holiday season, you know, again, injuries being what they are. I think they've got to take some time to like simmer down there, not marinate. Marinate to me means longer. Just <laughs> simmer. Right. And then you'll start to see what the pecking order is. It'll play. It'll play itself out organically Buy an AHL TV package. I'll tell you that right now. It'd be worth the investment this season. I'm not, I might have to take you up on that offer. I'm definitely buying ESPN Plus, though. I'll say that. You know, well, you don't have a choice. I, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> no, four I games. Have... You want to watch all the games? There's four of them. You're not going to be able to see unless you uh, get a subscription. And I wish I, I could do the bundle, but my girlfriend has Hulu that I use. My, my, my family, we have our, our whole Disney Plus that I don't pay for. You know, our family just pays for that. So I'm just going to just buy a full year of ESPN Plus for what is it, fifty, sixty bucks? And I'm just going to try to watch as many games as I can on there. I think that's just a too too easy of a decision. Um, two more here, Jesse. Uh, one, who is your surprise team this year? Two, who wins the cup? Uh, I think I kind of gave it away, right? Like my surprise team, I think, is the Panthers. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of a surprise that is. I still think that they're a team that is like relatively heavily slept on. They better hope um, Spencer Knight plays well this year. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, I think Minnesota is another team that I'll throw in there that uh, is probably, I think, going to be pretty good again this season mm-hmm. um, for the Cup. I am going to Las Vegas hunt. I think that team has gotten its its own set of warts, uh, but uh, I, I think through some tinkering can get back to uh, to what it was previously. I'm going out in the desert, my friend. That's my prediction. There you have it, everyone. Jesse Marshall picks the Vegas Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup. I personally, I think the Avs do it this year. I think this is their time. They got the best quintet, if you will, of five players on the ice that they can throw out there at any 
given moment. And I like their goaltending situation, and they're just. Let me ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot, Hunter. I'm going to ask you a question. Go ahead. What round did the Toronto Maple Leafs get eliminated in? I'm putting you on the spot. I want to know. If they play Boston in round one, it's round one. Round one. Uh, Could you imagine? If they play Florida, see, I think they can beat Florida. But I think Florida that that series is going seven no matter what. But you know, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares versus Barkov, Huberdo, you know, Toronto. A lot of star power. I mean, whoo boy, Um, that is you know Riley on the back end. You got Ekblad, Weger, and that's just that would be fun. I I think they can win a round, but they better start winning, man. I mean, it's sooner or later. Kyle Dubas is gonna he's gonna do something rash. And he won't be patient forever because the fan base is almost, if not already, done. Yeah. But if they play Boston, it's it's round one. If they, they play Tampa Bay, uh, say goodnight, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't trouble, think yeah. that's happening. Uh, you have anything else, Jesse, before we wrap this one Fit. up? Enjoy tomorrow, man. Soak it in. You know, It's the uh, best day of the year. It's always fun. Hope springs eternal. Sit back and uh, take a deep breath and enjoy it. It is a hockey night in Pittsburgh, and of course he's saying tomorrow. I also said that too. We are recording this on Today, a Monday sorry. evening. Yeah. Uh, no, it's 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 okay. I've said, I've probably done the same thing five hundred times during this fifty minute recording, so it's really not <laughs> that big of a deal. But yeah, it is a hockey night in Pittsburgh. I'm so glad that this is back, especially with how the Steelers have been this year. I think you know some fans in the city just you know they need a break, but you know the Steelers also won this past weekend, so. Um, everyone will celebrate that for as long as they can. Um, Jesse, um, you got anything coming to the athletic pretty soon? You want to plug? Uh, I talked a little bit about uh, Danton Heinen in those hands. Uh, I got some historical video that we're for sure going to look at, but I also kind of going to let these first few games play out, and we're going to we're going to take a look and see what the, the future may hold there for him. Yeah, I'm excited to see him on the top line. It looks like with Jeff Carter and Brian Rice. You can follow his Twitter at J. Marshoff. Um, again, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on this episode of Locked On Penguins. It was really a pleasure, and of course, um, I can't wait to have you on um, later on in the season. Looking forward to it, my friend, anytime, as you know. Yep, absolutely, everyone. So I'll have a recap episode uh, on Wednesday of the Penguins opener against Tampa, and then looking forward to a preview against the Panthers, that episode as well. Then Thursday, I'll have a recap of that game um, after that one ends. So Enjoy tonight. We're finally back. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.